you know, just sit down for an hour and wait for them. You no, know, you, no. you, you kind of got to keep moving a little bit. So I thought, well, let me give them 15 minutes here and kind of see what's, what happens. And as I'm glassing, I, I kind of see parts of other deer and deer get up and deer moving around. And I'm definitely in the herd here. So just, just sit as long as, stand as long as you can. I couldn't sit because I couldn't see. Uh, stand as long as you can and just, just see if uh, something presents a shot. Yeah, sure enough, about just maybe three or four minutes into glass and when they, when they stood up, I see a, a, a big white face looking at me and I can see his left antler and it's about as wide as his ears, which makes you know, a 24, 25 inch buck right around in there. And, and as I follow the left antler up, I can see some extra points on the top, you know, and they're not, again, not giant, but we're talking, you know, good buck. In my head, I'm thinking, I'm just gonna shoot. So I shoot, boom, and the buck is still standing there. And I'm like, what the frick just happened? I'm like, this is a layup, 150 yards, I'm laying prone. I mean, it's like, there's no reason for me to miss. I wasn't, the, I wasn't moving at all. And I realized, I almost freaking killed us. I shot the dirt five feet in front of me. You know, you think about a classical nuclear country, you know, the bucks congregate near the tops and right. so it concentrates them you know it, it does yes once they get off those tops that is the hardest time i think you know you got to have something happen you know like it's got to snow or somebody's got to find one and tell you about it it's just a hard time hi welcome to days in the wild big game hunting podcast brought to you by phoenix shooting bags just before we roll into this episode i want to talk to you about a couple things as always go check out phoenix shooting bags main sponsor of the show use promo code john stallone save 20 percent on your whole order they got some awesome stuff so get yourself some shooting bags a glassing pad check out some of the stuff that they're working on also i want you to check out lacusa lacusa makes wild hunted american whitetail leather goods like wallets card holders stuff like that it's a really neat deal i got mine about a month ago and i really love it it's nice to know that your whitetail hide's not just going in the garbage or being left out in the field and uh, it's being turned into something useful and it will last you a very, very long time. If you use promo code John Stallone on your purchase, you will receive a discount. And uh, a couple other things. One, you know, I know you guys heard me say a million times, please go on iTunes, give us a review, helps me keep this free. And uh, lastly, I just want to touch on all the craziness that's going on in the world. It's really important for us hunters to stick together. They are really heavily coming for hunting. We're seeing it all over the place. It's popping up in every state where they're trying to chip away at hunting rights and change things up. So if you want to keep hunting as special as it is to us now and have it be in our heritage and for the generations to come, then learn to be better with your fellow hunter and learn to stick up and fight for what's right. Thank you. Let's jump into this next episode. Hi, welcome to Days and Wild Big Game Hunting Podcast brought to you by Phoenix Shooting Bags. Today, got my buddy, Robbie Denning on the phone and uh, just going to shoot the shit a little bit. Talk about some uh, some mule deer hunting stories, and maybe we could pull some some knowledge if we listen careful enough out of it, and uh, see where it takes us. What's going on, man? Happy New Year! 
Hey, happy new year to you too. Here we go, 2022. Yeah, let's see if this one turns into a dumpster fire also. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's right, dude. I saw on Instagram yesterday, I follow Don Jr. Oh, yeah. President Trump. So he's got the funniest memes, dude. His meme yesterday, or New Year's Day, I guess it was, was uh, it just shows a hand like getting ready to flick this big lion right in the balls and his lion's asleep <laughs> yes, you know I saw getting ready to flip. yeah and it says here we go 2022 you know so exactly let's go freaking kick the hornet's nest let's do it that's right let's see that's what happens right. so. oh man what a freaking year i had a pretty good year hunting yes you did dude every time i checked in on you you were tagging something it felt uh felt like years of old i mean i mm-hmm. gotta tell you 2020 and 2019 were freaking i mean i still had success don't get me wrong but it wasn't what i normally would experience and you and i talked about it we actually had i think we had a podcast about it i wounded some animals and it was just like man i was i was in a funk but i finally pulled myself out of that funk and uh Got back to my usual form, I guess. I don't know, which was nice. I needed that, especially with all the crap that was going on in the world. You know, it was my, uh, I don't know, my therapy, I guess, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. A guy needs to have a good year now and then. You know, you get you get so many slump years that, that makes you wonder why you do it. But I guess, guess that's just hunting. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, fortunately, I've had, I had a really good run up until – until 2019 mm-hmm. i was uh and it was something like i prided myself on that i i filled 85 percent of whatever tags i had mm-hmm. for whatever reason i had a nice you know and that and that was good that was good for me that guy was like you know well above average you know and and it centered me it helped me cope with when other shit wasn't going right like you know with business or you know whatever whatever's going on in the world you know it's good to have one thing going right for you right you know what i'm saying and i could always count on hunting to go right for me and even when it wasn't like a hundred percent right it was still like good for me you know like I went freaking 2020 and 2019, man. I was starting to be like, why am I freaking doing this? Like, why is, you know, like I was starting to, it was like, it's not helping me get out of my funk. It's actually making me more funky because I'm not, I'm not performing or, you know what I'm saying? It was just weird. It was a weird, it was a weird couple of years there. And, uh, I'm glad I was, I was able to, uh, change it up. You know, I don't know if it was luck or whatever it was, but it, uh, it definitely helped. Changed it. Was same here, man. I have not punched a deer tag since 2019, and I was um, going through all my hunts here. I was just a couple months ago. I was just kind of thinking back on what I'd had, and mm-hmm. uh, that was basically seven tags between 2020 and 2021, and um, yeah, three of them were pretty good tags. One of them took nine points, which you know sometimes points don't mean anything anymore. But you know it was it was a good hunt. We even we even saw good bucks, especially in the summer scouting. Mm-hmm. And then another one was a late Idaho hunt, and uh, that one didn't 
I didn't see anything better, bigger than about 27 wide. And then another one was a Nevada tag. And, you know, Nevada's usually pretty good. It wasn't a primo unit by any means. But, you know, good hunt and saw lots of bucks. And I uh, had turned over a real good buck in the summer. And that's partly why I didn't get one is because I was, I was holding out for him. And just never turned him back up. But, uh, but you know, that's not even it was, it was yeah. like you just said a second ago, it, it, it was good. You know, I, I, you can't just be successful all the time. And, and you know, it's, it's easy to stay uh, pumped up about hunting when you're, when your freezer's full and you're punching tags and all that stuff. But man, yeah, I looked in there yesterday and we've got a little bit of elk burger left from my son's elk two years ago. And, you know, we're, we're going to be out pretty soon. So <laughs> you know, times are lean, but that, but it's good for a guy to go through that and, right. um, you know, reflect on, on why he hunts and, and why he does it. And part of the reason too is, is, you know, I got, I'm always picky, but I got extra picky because in 2019, between my son and myself, we got three deer. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then in, in 2020, he wanted to try elk hunting. So I took him elk hunting and he got an elk. So, we, you know, we were good on the freezer. You know, right. we were we we were fine, and so you know that's usually when I get even more picky. Yeah. Um, but I might have got just a little too picky because uh, we do a lot of chicken and uh, fish here for twenty twenty two till the till the seasons get rolling. <laughs> well, you know, see, when I don't have success because I'm being picky, see that doesn't get to me. Like if I'm mm-hmm. I'm holding out and I just don't find the right one, that doesn't bug me at all. Uh-huh. at all like that doesn't mess with my psyche <laughs> one bit doesn't mess with my my uh, uh my ego or whatever you want to call it but i it's the ones that where i had an opportunity and i was at I had an at bat or even worse like you and i talked last time and you wound something or what you know then it's just like whoa what you know what's going on here or you busted your ass to get an opportunity and you you whiffed it like an easy shot or whatever you know the case like those are the things that just ruined me ruined me you know in years past if i had one of those i bounced back really quick but it was during these last two years because there were so many of them like Uh that wow like it was, it was like, oh, the milk spilled. Oh, my God, the milk spilled. You know, like, it was such uh-huh. a bad, bad reaction. Like, I could not. I, I, was, yeah. like, I was like that meme when, you ever see that uh, meme with a guy that's, like, all strung out laying on the couch and goes with two weeks after missing the bill buck of his lifetime? Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a, yeah, that, I'm not, I, yeah. I've seen it in the mirror, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was... Uh, that was me for a couple of years, I guess. I don't know. It, yeah, I don't know. but uh, so let's uh, let's get into some of these uh, some of these stories, and maybe we could pull some uh, some teaching moments out of them here. Sounds good, man. I got two of them here. Both both involved misses. Okay, perfect. So, recapping that last two years. Um, I actually got a crack at two good bucks in that time and um, lost them both. And uh, the first one was hunting with my friend, uh, Travis Hobbs. This was in 2020, Colorado third season, and um, which came off pretty good weather-wise. Uh, we, we were getting the storms. It was kind of everything 
that you were hoping for. You know, you, you can get too much storms in third season and, you know, lose your deer to private land or can't get into where they are. And we, we were just, just right, you know, getting snow every other day, but not so much that you couldn't get around. We got blocked from getting up on top mm-hmm. after, I think, the second day, but that was okay because the deer had moved off top into a couple of big canyons that we were hunting. And uh, the dates were, I think, November 7th to the 13th, so we had good good rutting activity. Oh, and, um, you know, we were being pretty picky, like I said. And Jordan Bud came with us. She filmed about five days of it, and uh, that's up on the Rockside YouTube channel. It's called uh, Hunting Good Meal with Robbie and Travis, and anybody wants to go see that hunt. And let's see. Third season's open seven days, so we got there a couple days ahead. And I had hunted the unit once before, so I knew it a little bit, but things had changed. It had been quite a few years since I'd hunted it. So we just spent that two days getting everything laid back out, figuring it out if the road system matched what was on our onyx and what I remembered. And we had a couple of guys that, that had helped us too that had been there. In, in the meantime, between when I had hunted it in the 90s to when we went in 2020, and uh, it was just really helpful guys that are, you know, this is what you can expect. This is what we saw. And some of it lined up with what I had learned before, but some of it was new. So we had plenty of intel is what I'm getting at. Right. And uh, so, you know, that first, first five, six days just ripped by. You know, we were hunting pretty much all day. Might have been a few days we stopped into camp for lunch. But um, I, I had taken a horse. Travis had taken a really really nice side-by-side. I don't like side-by-sides for cold weather hunting because you just, I mean, you, you can't put enough clothes on to, uh, to go 30 mile an hour when it's uh, 10 degrees to stay warm. But, yeah. but Travis, Travis had, I think this thing's worth more than the last three trucks I've had, which isn't saying a lot, but it, um, totally enclosed cab. And I'm not talking, you know, little zip up Jeep windows, right, which right. you can't see out of them. We we're talking, you know, electric windows that roll up and down nice. um you know obviously uh, you know a heater he said it's, it's even got air conditioning in it that he, that he runs in the summer and the other thing i hate about side by sides is man you get so stinking dirty there's so much dirt in your oh, gun everything in everything oh, yeah. Dust. yeah i'm not a side i'm not a side by side guy I, that's what i bought a raptor for you know, <laughs> there you go, buddy. There you go. That's what my, my buddy Scotty Thompson does. He buys them Tacomas. And, and, uh, so anyways, Travis had this, this side by side, man, it was, it was nice. And so we, we zipped around the unit, you know, not just road hunting, but you're hunting by the roads. Um, you know, a lot of glass and a lot of just checking areas. And the, the first couple of days, I mean, pretty much every buck we saw was, was rutted up. We knew the rut was there. And, you know, you could tell just by the date on the calendar, you know, that, that, that once you get into early November, they're just chasing does. So that's what we focused on. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we're seeing maybe about one nice buck per day. Like I said, I was pretty picky. So was Travis. We were passing. And when I say nice, you know, 160, maybe bumping up to 170, right, right around in there. You know, not giants by any means, but, you know, nice bucks. And, uh, gosh, before J- Jordan can only stay five days. Mm-hmm. And uh, she followed us all around that mountain. I had a horse, too, I, I, and wasn't using it every day, but some of the areas were closed and motorized and pretty far back in. So uh, Jordan and I got on about it. 29 to 31 incher we had Jeez. spotted him from across the canyon from a road we, we actually saw him from and man he was just rutting up those 
big time. I mean, he was chasing off every buck within 200 yards. He wouldn't even let him close to him. And he was right above a big line of uh, heavy oaks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the oaks kind of dropped down into some aspen cover. And by the time I got the horse saddled and got over there, it had been a couple of hours. And uh, Jordan and I just walked in, you know, she'd ride, I'd ride a little bit and then walk a little bit and she'd ride. We just traded off and uh, we got over there and we found his does. It was kind of afternoon by the time we got over there and kind of figured out the lay of the land where he was. And those does were still right there. And we sat on those does till dark. Um, But elk season was open and anybody that has hunted Colorado third knows that, you know, you're not usually up against deer hunters. It's all the elk hunters. Mm -hmm. And two or three groups of guys had gone through there um, just while we were there. I mean, we saw one of them and then we saw tracks of others. And I think there was just a little too much pressure for that buck to hang out where you could get a shot. We stayed till dark. uh, Didn't see him. Turns out Travis was clear over on the other mountain watching over there and he saw the, the buck or another big buck mm-hmm. and uh he said man he was just right below you guys which is you know like dropping a pebble in the ocean you know when you're looking at oak brush but he says you guys were not that far from the good buck it was just we just didn't have a good angle to see him so anyways jordan had to leave the next day and uh, travis and i split up as mentioned we were getting quite a bit of snow and travis had found this mountain that had an old burn on it wasn't too old, a couple of years old. And then the other half of it wasn't burned. Mm-hmm. And he said, there was quite a bit of deer sign every day, just, and the mountain had a road going right up it. So it wasn't like our number one spot, but Travis was like, man, every time I go up there, there's more deer sign, you know, they're definitely coming into this country. And the bottom of the mountain had a road on it too. And we had checked that road and there really wasn't that much sign of the deer crossing. So we knew they were between the top and the bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, for whether they went or there or just it was a staging area, I don't know. So, but, but it was so thick, even though it had a burn in it, that you just, you just couldn't see deer, which, you know, that's kind of the places I like to hunt because that's usually where the big ones are. Right. So, um, Travis said, uh, this was the, let's see, it closes on a Friday. So Thursday, he says, I'm going to go up there and I'm just going to, you know, park my side by side. And I'm going to hunt off the top. But I'm still looking for that 30 incher. So I went back to where I, I could see into that country and watched all morning. And about, I don't know, it must have been about noon. I get a text from, from uh, Travis that he had killed a good buck. Oh, nice. a giant track, he said. I, you know, I tracked, I tracked him down. You know, got a good buck was just a real short text. I thought, all right, man, we, we got one. And, you know, unfortunately, Jordan had just left. Oh, so, um, it so <laughs> yeah, so we didn't, we didn't get to film. Well, I get back to camp that night, and uh, it was after dark before I got to see the buck. And it wasn't a very wide buck, but, man, it just had old characteristics. Uh, the Travis had quartered it up, but he had the head there. And um, uh, the, you could just tell the antlers were, were, were really heavy, especially up towards the top. And you, know, you can't tell a buck's age by its antlers, but it didn't look like a young buck by any means. And Travis said, you know, he had left, the, when I said he brought the head, he brought the antlers. He had left the head on the hill. He said the molars were really worn down. He had pulled a couple of the front teeth. You know, I, I, lay, I lab age mule deer, you know, I send them in. So I looked at the teeth, but even then I've kind of learned that you can't really tell looking at the teeth, but it definitely was an older buck. And right. so, so we had one down and Travis said, dude, you got to get back in there. He says, there, he says, there were so many deer tracks 
on that side of the mountain. He had only really ran into the one herd and he had cut a good track and um, had followed it right into this herd. He's assuming it's the same buck that he shot. He was pretty sure. And, um, but he says, just packing it out, he crossed multiple places where there'd been small herds of deer in there and they're not in a hurry. Like you can tell migrating deer, you know, they get right. in line and they just go. And these were more kind of meandering deer feeding in and out of the burn. And so he says, I, we should just do the same thing tomorrow. He says, I'll just take you up there. And he says, you, you hike off the top, hit me with your in reach when you get to that bottom road, which is, you know, a couple hours off the top. And he says, I'll pick you up down there. And he says, I'm going to go pack up camp. So he dropped me off uh, about sunrise and I headed off that ridge. And they, sure enough, not a couple hundred yards into there, the sign really picked up. And you know, I've been there like eight days by this time. So mm-hmm. I have an idea of deer densities, you know, based, based on the places that I'd hunted. And, and yeah, pretty much anywhere there was deer feed on that mountainside, there'd been a herd of deer on it. Had about six or eight inches of snow, so pretty good tracking position, uh, uh, conditions, although hard to see the individual tracks because it was light enough snow, it was just falling in the track. So I got on a herd and just not following them exactly, but hunting in the general direction that they went. And man, it didn't take me 45 minutes. And I stepped out from behind a burnt tree and looking between two trees, I see a doe down below me. And uh, she used to see that doe was bedded. And so I'm glassing her so thick. I'm like, I can't, this is probably that herd I'm following, but I can't see everything. So, and it's cold, you know, it's teens, you know, you don't just, you don't just sit down for an hour and wait for them. You know, you you, kind of got to keep moving a little bit. So I thought, well, give me 15 minutes here and, I see what's what happens and as i'm glassing i, I kind of see parts of other deer and deer get up and deer moving around I'm like man i'm definitely in the herd here so just just sit as long as stand as long as you can i couldn't sit because i couldn't see uh stand as long as you can and just just see if uh, something presents a shot and about that time um, a big doe kind of got all jacked up down in there you can tell by their body language when they know something's going on she's walking around all stiff-legged and looking around you know wasn't quite sure where i was but looking up my way i don't think the wind got me because if the wind gets you they usually get right out of there but you know she had heard something or who knows and pretty soon i'm seeing like multiple deer on their feet you know and there's there's at no time can i see an entire deer we're just looking at parts of deer Mm -hmm. i'm like okay that deer's standing Okay, that deer that was bedded, that deer is up now. You know, these deer are going to get up and start moving, but there's still nothing. I, I don't know whether to move left. I don't know whether to move right. And they're about 100, spread out from about 100 to 150 yards below me. And you still and haven't seen a buck yet, right? No, no. And that's what I'm looking for. Like, you know, it's November 13th. I'm thinking, you know, there's got to be a, a buck in with these guys. I don't know if he's a shooter buck, but there's got to be a buck. Right. And, um, yeah, sure enough, about just maybe three or four minutes into glass and when they when they stood up, I see a, a, a big white face looking at me mm-hmm. and I can see his left antler and it's about as wide as his ears, which makes, you know, 24, 25 inch buck right around in there. And, and as I follow the left antler up, I can see some extra points on the top, you know, and they're not, again, not giant, but we're talking, you know, good buck, shooter buck, probably the number two or three buck I've seen on the hunt and and he, and he's looking right up at me and he's about, Oh, I I had ranged it. He must've been about 120 if I remember right. And so 
I, I get the gun up. This is rifle, not muzzle loader, right? I'm sorry, rifle. Yeah, yeah okay. rifle. I get the rifle up and um, uh, looking at him, looking at his body angle. And this didn't happen super fast. I mean, I had time. You know, I could tell he was looking my way, but he wasn't ready to bounce. Right. So I'm taking my time just to see if I can even shoot. And as I get looking, man, I have a I have a shot right into his. Um, it, 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 sort of head on, but he's quartered towards me just a little bit. And, and the shot where if you aim at the base of their neck, mm-hmm. you got, you got all of their neck and you got their vitals and part of a shoulder, you know, pretty good shot with a rifle. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to take it. Well, you know, I can't shoot standing up, uh, just not steady enough. I got to thread the needle just a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe if he'd have been in the wide open, you know, I might have might have taken the shot, but I'm shooting right between two black trees. So I kneel down, and when I kneel down, I can't see as well. It just right. changes the angle. Or okay, is that his neck? You know, or wait a minute, am I looking at his brisket there? You know, all this stuff's kind of going through my head, and I finally had to get up on one knee. I wanted to shoot from my rump. You know, that's right. where you're the most steady. Well, I couldn't, so I had to get up on one knee, left knee in front of me right knee behind me to get enough height and then i could see him I, i'm like okay this this is it so i get the i'm shooting a, a vortex uh razor with a, a g4 uh, radical on it it's got a center dot um, right. with half marks below it so you know 125 yards that center dot's dead on 100 to 220 so i just put it right on there and i'm not super steady you know but but everything's staying on the buck you know, as I'm right. watching the dot, I'm like, okay, this is a good shot. Just give it, give it a second here. And I try not to freak myself out when I'm going to shoot. And it sort of worked. The gun went off and I was surprised and I, right, awesome, awesome, man. I should have just pasted him. And, and, you know, with it being so thick, I didn't even expect to see him when I shot, you know, I mean, you hit a bucket that close, they, they, they move six inches and you can't see him anymore. So I, I, I wrapped another shell in, stood up and just watched and off to my right, I see the doe starting to, to head out of the timber into some more kind of open, broken timber. And sure enough, there's a nice buck with him. And, man, he's laid out a little better than I thought. I'm thinking, okay, probably, that buck's probably 27 wide, you know. He's, he's actually wider than I thought. Not a giant, but definitely a good buck, especially for the last day. And no shot. I mean, I seen for, like, two or three seconds just enough to identify it's the same buck, you know, get my gun up and okay, he's gone. He went off a little kind of a little edge and I couldn't see him anymore. So I just thought, well, I'll hang out here for 10 more minutes and let everything settle down. Hopefully he'll just go over there and drop and it'll be fine. You know, I don't, I don't like to get a bunch of deer running, you know, sometimes you can shoot and, and even with a rifle and it'll freak them out. But if it's not open country and they haven't seen you, sometimes they don't go very far. Right. And so I just wait. And so I waited about 10 minutes until I got cold. And I went to the last place I saw him. I didn't go down to where I shot because, you know, I had a, I had a line on him. That was the last place I saw him. And, man, I get over there, John, and no blood. Mm. And, 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 I'm, you know, and, and altogether there was probably about, I remember it, maybe 10 deer in that whole herd. And so, you know, it's enough that the tracks are kind of confusing. You can't just get on a track and follow it. So, uh, you know, I can't, I can sort of tell the group of deer. He was running with about two or three deer. I'm like, okay, pretty sure this is him. But you you have to follow it till you get under a tree and the snow is a little less deep. And then you can look at the track. And and, and that took me a while, like, I don't know, 10 minutes to finally, okay, this is him. Mm -hmm. This This is the way he went. 
And I followed it out of the ways, no blood. So I marked it, and then I went back to where I shot. And sometimes you'll hit them, you know, and knock, knock blood out and hair and all that stuff. And you can at least confirm a hit, and then, then you know what you're looking for. So I went back, and I actually found the, the bed. He had been bedded, like, like I had assumed. Mm-hmm. And what he had done when that doe was getting everybody all jacked up was he had just stood up in his bed. He was facing downhill. I was above him turned to his right, made a couple of steps, and, and then he could look up towards me. So I had shot him nearly in his bed. And so, you know, when you got their bed and they've been laying in it, it's easy to see their tracks, you know, because they stand up in their bed. And I'm like, okay, this is him. This is the buck. And, you know, I've got pretty much pure white snow other than deer tracks. John, there isn't even a hair there. I mean, there's like nothing. And I'm thinking, man. I miss this buck. How did I miss at this, at this range? And, you know, sometimes, sometimes we don't cut hair. So, you know, I'm being real careful, just thinking, okay, maybe, maybe I got a bullet in him. I, I double confirmed his tracks. Now I'm on the right buck. And so they were headed East. And so now I follow his tracks from where I shot back to where I marked it. And that's what I mean. I double confirmed. I got the right track. I definitely got the right track. And I stayed on those tracks a couple of hundred yards and they went to, I don't want to call it a canyon, but it was bigger than a draw, you know, big, big draw. (laughs) And they they all dropped off the rim and went, went down in the canyon um, towards the bottom of the draw. And it's kind of open. It's got some burnt timber in it and then some openings and stuff and some green timber. So I just start working my way along that rim. I didn't go 10 yards and I'm starting to see bedded deer. Like, goodness gracious. Somebody, they either ran through some deer and didn't get them up or they just ran a couple hundred yards and laid back down. This is awesome. You know, I'm thinking he might be right here. Maybe, you know, and his, he's focused on those does, you know, he is, you know, maybe maybe I'll get another crack at him. You know, maybe, maybe he's, he is wounded and I'm going to find him. Long story short, John, I, I spent close to an hour between when I shot and then hunting that rim. Mm -hmm. And I did not hit that buck. And those deer that were bedded down in there turned out there was only about two or three of them. Mm -hmm. And um, I I eventually got them up too on purpose because I thought, you know, maybe maybe he's right here. And this country's so steep, you don't just walk down to every single bed, you know. But if you hunt slow enough, you can usually see if it's the buck or not. And dude, he wasn't there. You know, he ran through those deer. I think those were other deer that had just, they had, they had ran past and I didn't get him. I, 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 you know, it's been over a year now. I still don't know what happened on that buck. Um, but, um, at least it was a clean miss and, and, and I didn't wound him. And, you know, what, what a punch in the gut to miss a buck at a, at a, you know, sub 120, but it happened. Yeah. And if anybody goes and watches the film, I think Jordan put a still of the film, uh, cause I took some pictures from where I shot from just to be able to mark where, where he was so I could find it again. And, and, and you can see, I didn't have much to, to shoot through. So there's my excuse for missing. Maybe I, maybe I whacked one of those trees or something as shooting yeah, down through that. Awesome. What, what, uh, what caliber bullet? 270 Winchester short. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> How come? Because I'm short? <laughs> no. No. This is, just, this is the joke that I got with my with my buddies. You know, everybody kind of like makes fun of 6.5 Creedmoors, but mm-hmm. before the 6.5 Creedmoor, the 270 was the 6.5 Creedmoor. So. Yeah, dude, I'm always about a decade <laughs> behind of everything, so so I'm still stuck there. Maybe I'll be shooting a, a Creedmoor next decade, although Ryan Avery will kill me. But No. 
you know what? Honestly, it's a freaking great gun. I have two. Oh, of, them. of course it is. Dude. I have two of them. But my main, my main go-to gun, and everybody laughs at me because it's like a cannon. It's overkill. But when I connect with something, even if it's a bad shot, it usually doesn't go anywhere. I shoot. Yeah, a what is? I have a three hundred rum. Yeah, yeah. You better two hundred and ten grain bullets. You know, it's like. I use that for coos deer, and people are like, oh, what are you doing? I'm like, uh, yeah, well, I don't like to track shit. <laughs> so you like to shoot them and butcher them all in one step. You know, I, you know, people say that, but that bullet, <laughs> it's funny, because I've hit things with that uh, 6.5 Creedmoor ELDX, and that bullet uh-huh. explodes, mm-hmm. and that thing sh- messes things up. Like, mm-hmm. I've had to throw away whole legs and stuff because of it. My mm-hmm. VL, I shoot the V VLD or VDL, whatever the heck it's um, very low drag. It's a VLD, um, two ten burgers on my rum, and that bullet doesn't fragment like the ELDX does. And yeah, I get you know I can if I hit connect with something hard, especially I can you know mess up some stuff. But for the most part, it's just boom enters shock and done you know like i don't have i don't have a whole lot of meat loss because of it Get, believe interesting it or not. dude yeah. Interesting. yeah yeah I, I believe and you know you're shooting a big heavy bullet too you know it may not um uh um, tend to fragment as much right i used um, to shoot 180 grain shirakos and those uh-huh. i would everything i did was a giant exit hole you know just you know, was not good Mm-hmm. And it was, I was like, oh, and buddy of mine over at Best of West is like, yeah, you need to go up and green and go, you know, this, this. And I'm like, really go up and green? That just seems kind of counterintuitive, right? And then I did, and like, I don't have that issue anymore. Yeah, I remember the days when a 180 grain bullet was a big bullet. Right. You know, but there's a lot of guys, and gosh, dude, I went up Ryan Avery, dude, he's shooting 300 grain bullets. And wow. Really don't have a, they don't do the damage. But I that I would expect, and maybe they're just big enough. I mean, I, I'm just guessing here. I'm I'm definitely no expert on this stuff, but they're just yeah, big enough. They hold together well, you know. Where you know some of the smaller bullets I've I've shot, you know, you definitely get some more fragmentation. But uh, but I like to hit them with a magnum. I wouldn't be afraid to hunt with a six five. I mean, the math on a six five just works out. That's why they developed the caliber. There's no doubt. It's a great. It's but, a great gun. I mean, really. Yeah. Is. I shot my buck in. In Utah with my 6.5, it's because my 300, I lent it to somebody. I got it back, and my turret stop is mm-hmm. not working for some reason on mm-hmm. that gun. I don't know what happened, but it, so whoever I lent it to, like, spun it way out of where it was supposed to be. <laughs> so, um, and luckily, I, I don't know, I wasn't even going to bring the other gun. But I threw the other gun in the truck before I left, and on the way up to picking up my cameraman in Payson, I was picking him up in Payson, and we were heading up to Utah. I said, I called him up. He's like, hey, John, I'm going to need a little bit more time. I got a horse that got out. Da, 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 blah, blah. Okay, cool. It's like, I'm going to stop, and I'm going to go shoot the gun. So I pulled over, and I went to shoot the gun, and I'm like, I don't see an impact, but I'm shooting really far. Like I, When I usually check my guns for the year i i know i check them at like 800 or whatever you know like stupid stupid mm-hmm. far because i can shoot 1500 yards with that gun no problem anyway so i'm like i don't see an impact so i i'm like all right i gotta i gotta bring it in i brought it into like 200 yards 
and I shot. And when I'm shooting off the shooting bags, the scope stays on. Like it doesn't jump way the hell off. Like you can see, mm-hmm. you can follow your own shots. I That's shot. Huge. Yeah. I shot and I'm like, what the hell? I don't see impact. I don't see, I should be seeing something, right? So then I set up my spotting scope and I put my phone scope on it and I kind of set it up somewhat wide. Well, actually, not a spotting scope. I did it with the, uh, with the binos because the spotting scope would have been too close. I wanted to see kind of like a wide thing. So I put it on slow motion, filmed it, shot again. I'm eight bullets into this now at this point. And I, I shoot it. Again, I don't see it. I don't see impact. I'm like, what the frick is going on? So I go back and I look at the video. And I'm like, oh, my God. I saw impact. And it was like seven feet high. And I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, I got to go to a range. I can't be doing this out in the desert right now. This is not burning through bullets. That's the one thing about the 300. Those things are, it's like $120 for a box, <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. You don't want to yeah. just go flanking, right? And, 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 you know, you could burn out a barrel pretty quick too. You know, they don't, you can't get the thousands of thousands of rounds like you can out of a, out of a smaller caliber anyway. So I go over, there's a, between, uh, where I'm at and where he lives, there is a actually a gun range. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to go there. I went to the gun range. And honestly, I shot like three more times. And I was like, you know what? I can't even find this thing on paper at 50, at 60 yards or whatever it was, or 75 yards, I think that, that first mark was. And I'm like, I'm not even going to screw with this. That's it. I'm just going to get the, the 6.5 out. Now, my, the 6.5 that I brought is my, my guide gun. I lend it out to my guides all the time like for Mm -hmm. clients that come Mm -hmm. and i shot that and i'm hitting now it was only four inches off but i shot it and it was for hitting four inches high and i'm like what the freak is going on here like that's it i'm not lining my guns out anymore but anyway so i i wrangled that one back in and i verified it out to 800 yards so Mm -hmm. i'm like cool i feel good Phil got, I got the, I got the gun. That was like the first bad thing that happened on the way up to the trip. Pick him mm-hmm. up. So we're running late. That was the other thing. And the only crappy part about us running late was the place I, w- I rented a VRBO and in the instructions it said, please, you know, get here by X amount of time because blah, 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 blah. Anyway, so I, I'm on my way up there and I'm trying to get a hold of the person. And they finally get back to me like, oh, it's okay. You can... But I'm speeding now. Like I'm, I'm, I'm always a lead foot. But I was really speeding because I was trying to get up there by a certain time. Yep. And just before they got back to me, I get freaking pulled over just as I get over the Utah, uh, Utah border. Yeah. Get a speeding ticket. I'm like, oh, this is not going well. This is not a good freaking trip, man. I, like, I was already kind of like on edge with work and this and that. Like, had sure, so much sure. crap going on and so much pressure. And this is this is a once in a lifetime tag that I, that I get to do twice if I want, because I drew it or I won it at the hunt expo. It's the first time I ever won, you know, one of those tags, one of those, um, expo, expo tags, right? Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And, uh, anyway, I get up, we finally get up there and it's kind of a migration hunt, you know? So depending on the weather, is where the deer are going to be. And there's a pretty drastic change in elevation. Mm-hmm. So if you're hunting, it's Brooks Cliffs hunt, by the way. Um, 
Brooks Cliff South, which mm-hmm. is a harder hunt than Brooks Cliff North, which I found out after the fact. And it well, and it, and it could or can can be even better depending on again because of weather. If you get a lot of snow, they drop, they pile off the top, mm-hmm. and so the top is at like nine thousand, and the actual cliffs are like five thousand. Mm-hmm. So it's quite a big, you know, change in elevation. And uh, if the weather is so-so, which which it was, they're in between. It's like a transition, and it's really hard to find them in the in-between stuff. Like super, super thick. Vantage points are kind of tough. And so that that's what happened to me is that they were, a lot of them were in transition. They were in the mid I mean, I was the hardest time to hunt mule deer. Right. And man, I was having a hard, I thought I was, I was like, cause my eyesight's been changing quite a bit in this last year. And I was like, Oh my God, I, I just can't find deer. And my cameraman was helping glassing, but he's a newbie when it comes to hunting in general, even though he's kind of hunted with me for, for years, but he's still not like, he's not like you and I, you know, he doesn't go. Mm-hmm. He went last year, went elk hunting once you know anyway so and i'm just like and now all the doubt just coming back like from the previous years i'm like i'm losing a step i'm like i don't know what's going on i can't find deer you know i went like whole day and only seen like three four does we saw up until this point i did see i did glass up like a 130 buck but that's not a 130 buck unit and <laughs> it's not a 130 right. buck hunt you know right. what i'm saying and i was like oh i would have a couple forkies but that was it. We were seeing like three to six deer a day. We went one full day, didn't even see a deer and I, until we were driving out and two, two does crossed us in front of us in the truck. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, what is going on here? I'm reaching out to everybody. I've talked to, you know, I'm cashing in all my favors at this point and mm-hmm. even, even creating creating some uh some hunting debt <laughs> you know <laughs> and uh just trying to get intel and i'm uh, i'm talking back and forth with christy titus because she has that hunt too and oh yeah she killed a buck right? yeah yeah it's it's funny the buck that she ended up killing i actually talked her out of that buck <laughs> i think or she kind of talked herself out of it but uh, at one point, because the first picture she sent me of it, I was like, I don't know, that, that buck don't look 160 to me. But he ended up going, he was over 170-something. But um, Yeah, it looks like a good buck. Yeah, it was a good buck. Um, anyway, she was having a hard time, too. So I was like, oh, she's having a hard time. And she had a, several people with her, you know, her husband, her, her cousin, and I don't remember who else was there, but... I was like, okay, so that was that was kind of helping me out that she was, but they were seeing a lot more deer than I was seeing, but they were hunting a different portion of the union. They were hunting higher up and to the west. And I was like, okay, they're seeing more deer, but they're not seeing any big bucks, which kind of helped with my psyche. But we ran into some local guys down there, and they're like, yeah, we just passed on 190 over here, and da-da-da-da-da. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I... I ain't, I'm not seeing deer, let alone big deer. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I guess the, this guy's daughter had the tag or whatever. And, you know, they were trying to get her like a 200, 200 inch buck. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. You know, and where they were looking, I had looked already. Like, you know, my, so that was hurting me. Like it was really hurting my psyche. And finally 
a buddy of mine, the guy who runs the Muley Tines page on uh, Instagram. I don't know if you followed. I'm pretty sure you do. On which page? Muley Tines. Muley Tines. Yeah, he's it's a big, big Muley Deer Instagram account. If you guys don't do check it out, he's always got great it. pictures up there. I'm looking um, right now. But um, anyway, I call him, and he's guiding in Colorado at this point. And he's like, but listen, I got a friend who lives right there. Okay. So I contacted him, his buddy, his, this guy, his name is Cody. And Cody owns, um, he owns an outfitting service. Uh, what's his, him and his dad, GT, I think it's called. And he's like, he's like, yeah, if you want, I could come, I could come for one day and, you know, guy, or glass with you guys. Right. Um, like, okay, cool. You know? And so that morning he meets us out and had been raining like an SOB. And on the way out to his first spot that he wanted to take us, which was a spot that we already kind of had been to. And I was like, all right, well, maybe he's going to look at it from a different angle. Um, on the way out there, we get stuck in my truck. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Like we're stuck, stuck, like, stuck, like stuck, stuck, stuck. like, yeah. yeah. Mud, the mud was so deep and so greasy. Um, anyway, so it took us about 45 minutes and I have those like, you know, those grab, uh, grabber paddles that you kind of like strap onto your, onto the tires and I air down everything and we finally get out and we get to his spot and we glass and glass and nothing. Don't even see a single deer. And I'm like, okay, that actually made me feel better. Right, because I'm like, mm -hmm. this is a guy who lives in this unit. He's a guide. He knows his shit. Right. We didn't see a single deer, and I'm like, okay. At least I know it's not me. Right. We're just not in the right area. Right. That's exactly. That's what, what I need. Like. That's all I needed. That's all I needed. Right. He's like, okay. Well, he's like, we can go here. We can go here. And, I, and he had mentioned this one drainage, and I said, oh, you know what? I've been told by two other people to go there. He's like, he's like, we're gonna go there. There's gonna be a lot of hunters there though i'm like i don't care i'm like i never get scared of a lot of hunters uh, i don't know if it's you know me having a big ego or whatever but in my head i'm like i could always out glass i could always out hike and i could always out shoot anybody like that even if that's not the truth you know what i'm saying but that's the mentality i always go in with thing so you out of bed every morning yeah exactly <laughs> we get over there and I'm glassing deer up everywhere. And I'm like, okay, thank God, right? It's not me. It's not my eyes. It's not that I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. We're seeing deer everywhere, but we're not seeing any big bucks. We've seen one buck that was like, we need to go down there and take a closer look at him. And we got down there and he was like a 150 buck. And that's kind of what I thought he was from where we had I glassed him up from like two miles away. Uh, and even in the spotting scope, I couldn't really tell because he, where he was, it was real thick and it was kind of hard to really judge him. But we got down there, we got close, like 300 yards from him. I totally could have shot him, but it was like a 150 mm -hmm. buck. And I'm kind of shorting this up. We had, we had some problems. So we switched to his razor and we had some problems getting out there. The mud was just terrible. Absolutely terrible. Almost got stuck in that too. Um, anyway, so that uh that was the morning so we we had those two spots it was already like 
two o'clock. He's like, Hey, where do you want to go? And I'm like, let's go back to where I have been hunting because my buddy, Jeremy shot a great buck. His guy that was hit, that was with him shot a great buck. Those guys that we ran into over there. So they saw 190 and this and that let's go over there. We go over there and sure as shit. He's like, Oh, I know a great spot over here. We go literally to the same hill that I was walking up and then saw a couple other hunters and decided not to go up the day before we go to this hill and I'm walking up. We made some quick lunch. I'm saying lunch, but it was like three thirty, four o'clock almost at this point at my truck. And I'm walking up the hill to go where we're going to glass from and I'm eating a burrito and he had ran up there faster than me because his, he, he didn't, uh, he wasn't eating what we were eating. He just had his stuff in his pack. Um, I get up there and he's glassing and I'm still, I'm eating a burrito. I get my, my tripod set up and I'm, I start glassing and all of a sudden I pick up a, a good buck and I'm like, I got a good buck. And he comes back over to my side and he's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I see him. I got him. Okay. We're looking at him and we're going back and forth. We're like, I don't know if he's going to go, man, he looks like a 160. We still got two days. I don't know, but I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I need to get home at this point too. I mean, I've got stuff going on with work and I'm like, I need to get closer and get a better look at him. I, th- I think he's better than 160. I think he's a little bit better. At least he's a high 160 buck in my head. This is what I'm thinking. And at this point too, it was important to me that I glassed him up and it was in the area that I had been hunting. Like it was, it was important to me to restore that going back to our you know earlier conversation of of having getting the mindset you know and having the the confidence so we drop me and nick drop off the hill and i leave cody back i said you know can you just keep an eye on him i get through him a radio and uh i give nick the radio and i'm like let's go down there and uh we're going down there and then all of a sudden like <laughs> this is the funniest thing I'm getting like a colitis attack or something. I don't know. Like I have to take oh, a great. dump. Like, <laughs> like nobody's <laughs> business, right? But I'm like, you know what? The, I, I don't trust this buck because he was cruising. He was by himself. He was just walking and like lip curling and peeing down his legs. I'm like, he's not going to be there. Well, on the way down there, we get a call on the radio and he said, hey, he's walking up. He's walking up through the – um like that we had this like crack i'll call it it wasn't even like a wash or a canyon going up towards the top of the cliff and he's going he's walking up through those rocks i'm like oh okay well i said that's actually going to make it easier for us because he's not you know he was cruising along the bottom of the cliffs at first which was going to make it a little bit harder for me to relocate him so i start i know exactly where he's talking about so i'm just we're beelining it over there and i'm just we're running like in the washes we're running he can't see us you know because we're totally covered by the terrain and i'm booking it over there and we get another call he bedded down he's in that crack okay cool even better now i'm kind of like starting to calm down a little bit because he bedded down but i know running bucks when they bed down especially when they're by themselves they're just laying down and kind of like posting up waiting for does to walk by or something and they could go at any time so i'm like all right we got to get to this spot and in my head i'm like we're going to be like a 300 yard shot well we get to this one spot where we're going to go shoot 
and I kind of start peeking over and I, I range over the top at the, at this crack, not at anything specific. And I'm like, it says 152. And I'm like, holy shit, we're close, dude. I'm like, you know, this is going to be a lot harder for me to set up the camera and this and that and whatever. I'm like, okay. So I start peeking over and I'm looking with my binos and I see him. I'm like, oh, okay, I got him. Well, he heard us moving or something or, you know, getting the gun ready or I don't know, whatever, setting the tripod up. I think he heard all that and he stood up and he was looking right at us. So I kind of sneak around the edge, put the shooting bag out in front of me and I put the gun up on it and got the, the rear bag going and I'm, and I'm got him dialed in and I'm like, and we're both wearing ear protection mm-hmm. and I'm like, do you got him? And I don't hear him. And I asked like three times. I'm like, well, he's got to have him, you know, in my head, I'm thinking, I'm just going to shoot. So I shoot, boom, and the buck is still standing there. And I'm like, what the frick just happened? I'm like, this is a layup, 150 yards. I'm laying prone. I mean, it's like there's no reason for me to miss. I wasn't the, I wasn't moving at all. And I realized I almost freaking killed us. I shot the dirt five feet in front of me. Oh. You know, because I was coming over the edge and I was trying to stay as hidden as possible the barrel was, you know, the barrel is much lower than the scope. So the scope had a clear line of sight, but the barrel was pointing right. I'm like, oh my God. So I'm, I took me a couple of seconds to realize that I originally, I thought that I had not adjusted the turret and I was still at 800 yards maybe from when I verified it. And I looked up mm-hmm. real quick. I'm like, the turret's right. This all happened in a matter of like 30 seconds, you know? Yes. I move up there and I set up everything. Like, and I get it clear when I realized what happened, because I could see the dirt just like exploded in front of me. I really get everything set up, jack another round in. He ran up and stopped. He was like up like another 30 yards and over like 20 yards. And now he's staring right at me head on shot. I'm like, I got a head on shot now before I had a, you know, a broadside. And, uh. I just I shot him and he dropped like a sack of potatoes right there and I was like oh my god I'm talking so to the did, guy. did did you redial I didn't quite no. catch that. no I didn't so, have to, I didn't have to redial I had I had redialed I already I already had set it at zero so zero and what caused two. you to hit the dirt you just laid down too low oh yeah the barrel was literally pointing okay, gotcha. right at yeah like I I didn't I made a rookie mistake and didn't check to see my clearance because I was so focused on the the deer and he had gotten up and he was looking in our direction and you know it was like a very heated moment and so I'm sitting there I'm talking to the camera and in the camera I'm like he's like I'm trying to tell the story real quick and I'm like you know what shut that off right now and I had to run down to a bush and just explode (laughs) it was terrible absolutely terrible what a way with all the crap and I I left out a lot of shit but what happened no pun intended yeah exactly you know and I'm like oh my god what (laughs) get up to him take some nice pictures of course get them quartered out got them back to truck right at dark and it was you know it was like okay thank god <laughs> you know that's funny dude yeah the, the old dreaded uh, call of nature when you're on the stock oh man. my it's, god it's I, happened to the best of us it's that was terrible it was yeah, absolutely no, terrible 
Yeah, and there, there's the, yeah, I'm surprised that you were able to to wait that long. It's oh, like, man, it, once I get the warning, I, 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 it doesn't matter if it's a 300-inch buck. I got to go take care of this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's uh, funny. Oh, man, I was like, there's nothing. I'm not going to let this I'm not going to let this buck get out of my, because we hadn't seen it. And, and he wasn't like, you know, from what years past, I, I used to put it, I'm not used to, I put in for this hunt for, I got, I think 18 points or something. And I put in for that hunt every year on the limited yep. entry. I still haven't drawn it. Right. Yep. And I'm actually kind of glad that I won it. Cause I don't think I would waste 18 points on it. You know, I might start looking at Ponsagon or something like that because it's not what it used to be. When I started putting in for it, it was like that was like getting a strip tag. You know, it was the best of the best. Um, well, that's been my experience with points. Points are so yeah, overvalued mean, now that you can't. It's crazy. You don't. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's just, there's so many oh. units now that you don't even know. Like, is it worth me? Like, I've been holding out for this unit. Do I even want to go hunt there now? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I, right. I know that. Right. But uh, a good story, man. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and you know, but before we wrap up here, I was just going to comment that you know those those. Yeah, what were the dates on that hunt? It's it was late late October. Yeah, and that can be the kind of depends on the unit and everything. And some of these high deer in Colorado migrate, you know, in, in September. Some some high deer in Wyoming migrate in early October, but. Seems like, you know, on average, once you get past October 15th, you know, most deer are moving off of their summer range in, in most places. And, you know, it's a couple of weeks before the rut. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you think about in classical nuclear country, you know, the bucks congregate near the tops. And right. so it concentrates them. You know, it, it does. And that's once they get off those tops... That is the hardest time, I think, you know, you got to have something happen, you know, like it's got to snow or somebody's got to find one and tell you about it. It's just a hard time. And, and it's weird because, you know, just like early October mm-hmm. can actually be, you know, most places I've hunted, unless there's just a lot of pressure, can be pretty good. Yeah, because there's still man, someone that, in the same area that you, you know, you did some scouting or whatever. But, and you, you can kill them, man. I mean, I'm not saying don't go hunting, but man, I just... Just what you were saying. It's often when I get my butt handed to me. So you guys pulled one out. Yeah. 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 It was a pretty good buck too. And I'm happy. I was happy. Job, man. You know, I, I, I was so worried that I was going, not going to do that tag justice, you know, like, and, mm-hmm. and that, you know, it, it was a freebie tag, you know, and I, I didn't lose any points. I didn't, you know, well, it cost me $5. That's what that raffle cost, 5 bucks. So the grand scheme of things, if I didn't get a buck on it, wasn't going to like, I wasn't going to be terribly, but, you know. Still, you won't make every tag right. count, you know. Exactly, exactly. So. Guy doesn't know how many more he's going to get. <laughs> Seriously. That's how I feel about it. You know, I try to throw everything. I, if I have a tag, I want to throw everything I've got at it, you yeah. know. Right. And, um, you know, it doesn't matter how I come across it, you know, it just, if I just have had seasons close where I didn't do it right or whatever, man, that's, that's just a lot of regret when that happens. So I try to try to do what you did, you know, pull out all the stops. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was, uh, it was definitely, uh, you know, uh, a team effort in the, in the, 
I like I didn't I didn't spend any time other than you know looking at maps and talking to people and whatnot. So I didn't go up. It's hard to scout migration. Well, I was gonna say everybody. I talked to Randy Omer. He's like, you don't even bother going up there. He's like, none of those deer are gonna be where you where you find them. And the value I found in hunts like that is if I'm able to visit them, you know, in the summer, you know, at least it gives me some familiarity and some confidence in the area. Of course, you know, I kind of grew up deer hunting when there wasn't good satellite imagery like we have now. Right. But, but yeah, I mean, you just don't, other than I can camp here, I know this road system and gives you a little more confidence when you show up. it's still hard to find the deer once they move. You know, you got to wait for them. And I had a hunt in Colorado this year that was third season. And it was just like that. I mean, there's places just void of deer. There's no deer. And mm-hmm. it's a good-looking country. And, you know, maybe they were there a month ago. Right. But then other places were, bam, there's new deer every day. Yep. You know, it's just, just a different kind of hunting. For sure. Well, awesome, man. Uh, I want to thank you for coming on. And, uh, yeah, sorry, it's so hard to get scheduled, but I'm yeah, uh, right, good, good, good to be on there. I love coming on your podcast, and but, um, let's do it again later this spring. Well, uh, I got another story I can tell you, yeah, absolutely. Um, real quick before you go, you're uh, you're about to release a new book, right? Yes, yes. Um, uh, the manuscript goes to the editor mid January, so just a couple of weeks, and um, should have it out if everything goes well, you know, later in the spring. It's uh, it's it's going to be part of my whole hunting big mule deer theme that I did with the first book, mm-hmm. but the first book was more how to, right? With stories in the background, a little antidote stories. Uh, this book will just be the stories of uh, basically all the bucks I've taken since uh, since I wrote that other book in 2015. And I've got one other buck in there that was uh, a story that never made it in my first book. This from 2005, but everything else is current, fresh material, long form, you know, three to 10,000 word stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for guys that like to read and really, you know, get into the story aspect of it, it's, it's that kind of book. Um, I've got some great guest authors that are contributing to, uh, you mentioned Randy Ulmer. He sent me a great story. I've, I've never read a story from Randy like this. It's kind of a story on, you know, reflecting on life and hunting and, and he's on a hunt while he's doing it. It's, it's good. I can't wait to get it out there. Nice. Um, a few of the big bucks layers from around here, Travis Hobbs. Scotty Thompson, they've submitted stories. Scotty submitted three. Um, he's got a couple of 37-inch bucks in there. Wow. Just incredible. Um, archery bucks. Uh, Jordan Budd uh, did a story on an Idaho buck that she took this year. Uh, Ryan Lampers is, is sending me one. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a lot of variety of stories. But, you know, I, I think a story is the best way to really learn something and remember something. Yep. And so at the, at the end of most of, of the chapters, I've just done a, just a quick, it's called the takeaways. And just what I took away personally from the story mm-hmm. and, you know, what what uh, I thought was, you know, good fodder for my next deer hunt. You know, it's, it's kind of in that flavor. So anyways, watch for that coming up uh, sometime later in the spring. Sweet. Awesome, man. Can't wait. I, I'd say I can't wait to read it, but I never read anymore. Yeah, I know. You still haven't read the first one I sent you, but that's okay. I did. You can call I did, me anytime. I did. I did. <laughs> I did read it a little bit, actually. And you know what? And I gave it to my daughter to read when she first started getting into hunting. I'm like, yeah, right. this is who you need to fight. Right. <laughs> this is who you need to emulate, not daddy. <laughs> <laughs>
What I've learned about reading books, I can't read them late at night when I'm tired. I just fall asleep. Yeah, that's the thing. And I never have any time during the day. Yeah, ever. I hear you. You got to put it in an audio book and I'll be all over it. <laughs> well, the reason I didn't, haven't done the first book in audio, because the first book is so dependent on the pictures to tell the, the stories and the techniques. Gotcha. But I mean, I could do it and, and I, I may, I've got a, a guy here in Idaho Falls that said he could help me get it, get it going. Now, I may do it, but man, every time I've looked at it, I'm like, wow, there's going to be a lot of missing parts mm. because that, that book is, is picture heavy. In fact, I'm using the same editor that I used before. And, you know, she, she said that, that, that book probably had the most pictures of any book she's, she's ever published, you know, cause you need that when you're, right. when you're doing the how to of new there. But, uh, but the second one, we'll see, we'll see, maybe, maybe I will get it out on audio. Nice. Got to get it. Got to get it finished first. So. Yep. Yep. All right, man. Well, take it easy. Thank you for coming on, and uh, we'll uh, we'll talk soon. You bet. Thank you, John. Appreciate you. Bye bye. Take it easy. Bye. Well, that's it for this episode. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to check out daysinthewild.com, and be sure to give us an, a review on iTunes. Thank you, and we'll check you out on the next episode.